you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm late. I'm late. Very important. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from undercover tourists. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from undercover tourists and authorized seller and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with undercover tourists now and save. UndercoverTourist.com the Around the NFL podcast deserves a little bit of credit. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. I'm Greg Rosenthal sitting in for Dan Handis and a lot of heroes that are going to be joining us later from Indianapolis. But for now, I've got a couple of heroes, Chris Wesseling and special guest Colleen Wolf from NFL Now. What is up, oh, gang? <laughs> How's it going? This is exciting. I mean, just last week we broke new ground uh, with our first, you know, in-studio female guest, Lindsay Rhodes, and now here we have Colleen Wolf. I mean, a, a lot of great reactions. This is a trendy thing. Are you just saying because, like, now you're just going to have girls on because no. we're women? Oh, give me a break. You're you, We just wrapped up. You just did how many hours on NFL Now talking combine? 36. I think <laughs> something like that. About, roughly. Six or seven. Colleen and Elliot Harrison – we're giving live reaction for about three hours to all the press conferences on NFL Now. People should check it out on Thursday if you're listening to this. And then I jumped in, and I joined you for about two two to three hours of yeah. reacting to all the press conferences. So that's where we are right now. And you're bearing the lead because I think everybody should know once Greg left the studio, he left a present for all of oh, us, stop. his half-eaten banana just <laughs> on the desk. It wasn't on below the, the desk. It, it wasn't was below, on the desk. Oh, that was even worse, though. It was below the desk. I think that was a power move. I was going to bring it over, Marking but then I felt territory. weird carrying it around. I got across the street, and I suddenly thought, oh, my God, did I leave that banana there? <laughs> that is horrible. I'm going to get grief for it. And I thought, okay, well, we, we have to run up. We have we just ran upstairs to do the podcast almost immediately after. I thought, well, no one will notice. I'll go back to that studio after we do the podcast and throw it out but this feels like a boatload of excuses but <sighs> Wes how are you doing good good I like that we have news we have a lot of news and and we might as well just jump into it pretty soon here we're gonna go through all the news from Wednesday and there was a lot Colleen there when was- you say there was so much. There was about, I think, 24 press conferences today, and there were a couple bombs, I thought, that were dropped on us all. So the three of us, we're going to talk about a lot of that news, 
and then we're going to call the guys in Indianapolis one by one. So a little different on today's show. Mark Sessler, Kevin Patra, Connor Orr, and Dan Hansis will all join us. That'll be today's show. On Friday, we're actually going to have – they'll be doing the show really more by themselves. We'll throw it to them, and, and they'll just take care of it. I like Wes that. sounds like he wants something to say something. No, I just – we should introduce them as our in, our intrepid combine quartet. Oh, there was a lot of great. I like pi- that. There was a lot right. of great pictures of Mark and and Dan I, at the combine today. I, I thought it was interesting that in one, Mark was literally holding two different recorders. He a was recorder double fisted and a phone, and and Dan was just sitting there. Kind Dan of was laid back. I'll tell you what. My favorite part of today, my favorite Mark Sessler thing from today, was during the John Harbaugh press conference, and John Harbaugh said that he <laughs> was giving up chocolate and bread. For Lent, and then you hear Mark Sessler asking him if if breaded chicken counts. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! We'll have to ask uh, Mark about that when we get him on the show. Uh, but first, TD, let's start with a little news. But right now, I'm joined by a special guest. Is that me? That's I like you. that. That was yeah. you. I, was, I didn't even recognize that person. Bitten right by now, your own snake. I'm joined by a special guest. <laughs> <laughs> Kudos to TD because let's be honest, we just uh, put this show together about half hour before coming up here, and last minute, still got that going. I think those were the very first words out of my mouth to Elliot Harrison this morning. That was that was nice. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. All right, let's talk with what I thought was the biggest story of the day, and that came from Jay Gruden. He comes to the podium and he says, "RG three." is going to be our starter. And just the way that he said it made it sound like it's not going to be a competition, that this guy is going to be our week one guy. And suddenly, Robert Griffin III is the guy in Washington. Very strange. It's amazing how much this message has changed from the film he was watching in October and November, which made him go in front of reporters and rip his quarterback to shreds on a, on a regular basis. And then January, when Scott McLuhan was hired and said, Look, we're basically going with RG3. We weren't he's young, we can't give up on him. It seems like Jay Gruden's message today came from above him. I'm mm. not sure how much stock I'm putting into that though because based on his facial expressions while he was saying it, he did not look very happy at all. As I said <laughs> on NFL now, he looked like he was in pain. But also, we saw how he kind of flip-flopped from quarterback to quarterback last season and didn't really commit to anybody, so it would not surprise me if RG3 wasn't the starter. I I wonder if there's something here about RG3's ego and the organization deciding, look, we're not going to trade him this year. We're not going to cut him. He's going to be on the roster. And the best way to handle this guy is to make him feel like the prettiest girl at the dance. And so let's spend the offseason doing that instead of the approach that Gruden took last year, which was being brutally honest. I mean, he is the prettiest girl at the dance, though. Well, he is better looking than Kirk Cousins. He is. And Colt McCoy. Yeah. Well, I don't even know about that. It's Colt, Colt McCoy's not a bad-looking guy. I thought we were going with figuratively. Oh, okay. Well, he <laughs> as is far as their quarterback. Oh, ability. I was going looks. Well, I think Colleen's got a good point. I'll believe this when I see it because the way RG3 has looked for the past calendar year, he mm. could he could face plant epically in preseason again. Yeah, and you just you wonder about so many different things with this team and the way that Jay Gruden runs the offense. I have a lot of questions, mm. and it's not just with the quarterback position. But I do wonder if RG3 can get back to where he was before. 
I mean, I would I do think that. A year ago at this time, Chris Wessling was promising up and down. This is the comeback player I of the was. year. End the no. race. It's over already. And by, by week 10, he was saying this guy didn't even I, know how to play football. I, for, I didn't know that he forgot how to play quarterback. I That's mean, he was playing a different like. sport. Well, what do you think needs to change, though? What what does he have to do? Because we obviously saw at some point in time he knew how to play the quarterback position, and when he's able to run around and not stay in the pocket, he's okay. But what happened? You need a Bob Knight special. Tear him down all the way. That's what Gruden's just trying to do last year. Tear him down all the way till there's nothing left, then rebuild him from scratch as a different quarterback. Well, I think what he needs is a system as similar to his, what made him good in college as possible. And I don't know if Jay Gruden's really going to be the guy to give him that system. And I think what he needs is his athleticism from three years ago. Which yeah. he doesn't have. Right, that's not coming back. I know this is painful. TD, aren't you an RG3 guy? Uh, no, really. No? <laughs> yeah, I mean, All right. It was exciting to watch as a rookie. but It, it uh, just was a weird the, – the thing today was weird. And I love Colleen's just jumping in here calling BS on Jay Gruden. Basically, I know. I love it. Right <laughs> away. And you're right. No, he, Jay Gruden leads the league in saying things at press conferences that make him look like he has indigestion. Right, exactly. Like maybe it, th- maybe it did come from Snyder or it came from McGluin and they that just would, decided. Do you know where it all went sour for me with RG3? Where? When he quoted Winston Churchill oh, no. in a press conference to tell people that he would not be quarterbacking that week. Just stop it with all the spinning and the A-Rod-like image control and your handlers telling you you have to market yourself more. Just play football. He just needs to to get off Twitter. He needs to stop doing everything besides studying and playing football. Well, what it does is possibly take away the storyline of who's going to start for this team. And maybe that's the idea is to take away a little bit of the media drama from this offseason. So, you know, the Combine always has a couple surprises. That, that was a big surprise to me today. Uh, another story that wasn't as big a surprise, but very noteworthy, got lost a little in the Combine press conference buzz, was Larry Fitzgerald has reached agreement on a new contract. Our NFL media insider Ian Rappaport reports it'll essentially pay him $11 million, fully guaranteed over the next two years after Great that. Cash, homie. Oh, yeah, straight cash. Uh, after that, you know, who knows? He's probably not going to be on the roster. But two years, $11 million. Larry Fitzgerald, what do we think about this? Well, I listened to Elliot and Colleen discuss this, and Elliot had mentioned that Fitzgerald <laughs> is a number two now and that Michael Floyd has to be the centerpiece of the offense. And I couldn't disagree with Elliot more. Not just about that. Or you were disagreeing all day. Well, you know, we don't see eye to eye on a lot of things <laughs> that involve what goes on on a football field. But right now, I'm joined by a special <laughs> So where do you, what do you see Fitz as? Well, there was a five-game stretch last year that I thought was his best stretch in, since 2011, and I think he doesn't put up grandiose numbers anymore because Bruce Arians uses him as a slot receiver, and he's not allowed to run yards 20 or 30 run routes 20 or 30 yards down the field. He's still the best receiver on this team. How about that grandiose? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're dropping grandiose on NFL now? Yeah, no. This is the, Actually, this is I'm what, not at all. You, you guys have been doing great work over there, but this is what we call the big leagues. I know. <laughs> so, right? I'm not in, big a, words, in a green room. Big you guys le- have things that are moving in here. <laughs> this is pretty cool. There's a lot of stuff happening. But back to Larry Fitzgerald, I think when you say that he had a, a um, stretch of five games that were really good, did that, that start with the Eagles? Did he play the Eagles? And then, I believe, I because believe that, that was that is man. sort of the remedy. 
somebody mm. for Larry Fitzgerald. All he has to do is play the Eagles. So it's almost a shame <laughs> that he didn't get traded to somebody in the division in the Ooh. NFC East because then you're guaranteed at least two great games a year from him. I like that. This is definitely coming from someone who grew up in the Philadelphia area, he correct? Torches, yes. You're basically you're an Eagles fan. Eagles. You can it's say you're in a safe oh, yeah. place here. Oh, I grew okay. up in Philadelphia. Okay. Well, not in Philadelphia, but you know what I mean, around Philadelphia. But uh, yeah, so Larry Fitzgerald, he's always been really good against the Eagles. But also, he's a guy who they said that he's very outspoken in a good way in the locker room, and it's a good guy to keep around, especially for the the younger players to sort of mentor, and that's a huge deal. Well, they were stuck between a rock and a hard place. Would you rather pay a lot of money on your salary cap to get rid of Larry Fitzgerald or figure out a solution like this one where maybe he's just a little bit overpaid at this stage of his career and and keep him and actually have him on the field being part of the solution. I think that's what they did here. I saw some comments on Twitter that if they were just going to give this contract to him, which to to some people shows that you know they weren't really ready to give him monster money, they should have just cut him and be done with it. But I, I don't buy that. This I don't a, buy that either. $11 million a year is much more fair than where he was at before, which was $16 million set base salary, 23 And so this is how you play the salary cap game. And it's all because he got this contract way back when he was a rookie where he was making more money than starting quarterbacks were making. He's and that's made, what he was working off of. He's made more money in the NFL than any receiver in history, and it's not by a little bit. Mm. So what do you think Larry Fitzgerald's dad is doing right now? What does he think? <laughs> That's a good question. He's probably complaining about something. He's yeah. al- he's I'm al- sure he's never, he is. He's never happy with how Larry is uh, perceived in the media. He's probably celebrating, too. Like, I remember in the Super Bowl when they cut to him and he was just going crazy. He shouldn't worry about how Larry's perceived. I think Fitzgerald is pretty much widely respected by the media. And I think this deal... Without the the numbers as far as his catches and receptions and touchdowns, we talked about last year that the Cardinals, through three-fourths of the season when they still had a viable quarterback, were, were possibly the best team as far as playing together and playing for a coach. And you could see that they were tight. And that starts with Larry Fitzgerald willingly accepting a lesser role. Well, it's weird because they're in a win-now type of mode. You don't think of that because it's a new coach. But, you know, they have an aging quarterback. They don't really have a solution other than that at quarterback. Like, they're a good enough team to compete right now. Why not? They have to. 11 wins with three different starting quarterbacks. That's not easy to do. It is not. Wow, yeah. Um, Let's talk about a guy who maybe not as – I wouldn't say well-respected, but not as many nice things have been written about him – certainly recently as Larry Fitzgerald, and that's Adrian Peterson. Last year, if you had told me that the consensus by mid-February would be that Adrian Peterson is back with the Vikings, I would have been stunned. But today, Rick Spielman, their general manager, essentially said he expects Adrian Peterson to be on the roster. And every day we get another story about Adrian Peterson. We're going to welcome him back. And this, this almost seemed like the final one. It's a little bit like the Lions and in, in, uh, in Dominican Sue because it's only the team talking, not the player. Mm. And if you listen to NFL media insider Ian Rappaport today on our air. We have to say NFL media insider. It's like one every, word. No, every it's time. not even separate <laughs> I've always wanted to ask him whether he thinks that will be on his tombstone. But that, see, that seems That's like a dark joke. A little morbid. Yeah. NFL media insider Ian Rappaport, you know, 1979 to whatever. Got to say it all at once, like a Tribe Called Quest. <laughs> You're right. I love it. It just flows. So Ian was saying 
that Adrian Peterson, sources close to him, don't feel as strongly about the Vikings as they do about him, and he might really hold it against them for not standing behind him last year, and he definitely doesn't want to take a pay cut. Well, what's he going to do? What do you mean, I he mean, he could do? go to a lot of different places. He could go to... But he has a contract, and he's getting paid like the number one running back in the league by far. And I think the way that Spielman's talking and everything, it's like they sound like they're thinking about just paying him that money. Well, in, in that case, then there's nothing Adrian Peterson can do. But if they come to him and say, we think you should take a pay cut, he's going to balk at that. Okay, but do you really blame the Vikings for not getting behind Adrian Peterson during the season with everything that was happening with him and everything that was happening in the NFL? Do you really think I do, but I can't have... say much without shadowy league figures knocking. Yeah, this is a All right, this is my first time here, so I don't know how <laughs> this, this is goes. a tricky this is a trippy tricky subject. All right. I you do know. blame them. Yes. You blame the Vikings. Yes. I would understand from Peterson. I think what the Vikings did was totally understandable with pressure coming from the league potentially coming from sponsors, we know for sure how they handled it. It really wasn't a Vikings decision to I'm me. I'm not as a it big fan a... of kowtowing to sponsors. No, I hear you, but I, I don't have a huge problem with them. But I can also see from Peterson's perspective why he would feel that way. But the way Spielman was talking, that's why I'm so surprised. It sounds to me like they're ready to just have him on the roster. Well, they, I mean, they... for, for that salary. No no pay cut, no nothing. They, there are ways they can clear up a lot more money. They have quite a bit of room anyway. They can cut Greg Jennings. And Norv Turner said today, one of the eye-opening quotes, that Charles Johnson, a Mark Sessler favorite, is far and away our best wide receiver. That doesn't bode well for Greg Jennings. They can cut Chad Greenway, who was, was a pro bowler a few years ago, but isn't at that level, isn't close to that level anymore. I, I, think, I think you're right. I think they can keep Peterson without even adjusting his salary. What but, I'm wondering is where he'll land if he doesn't end up in – the Minnesota with the Vikings mm. because people will pay him. People will definitely pay him. People need a running back. Love to see him on the people Colts. like maybe the Cowboys, maybe the Chargers. There's Ooh, a lot of different the Colts. Places. Ooh, the Colts would be, that would that be, would be a awesome. really good one. The Colts would be the Cowboys are the team. Everyone talks about because he has come out and said, he's basically from Dallas. And he said, I want to finish my career there. And he and Jerry Jones have each other's phone numbers and have been in contact. So Peterson could be back with the Vikings, and surprisingly, Vincent Jackson is going to be back with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Chris, you wrote the piece that their general manager said he's definitely going to be back, right? Absolutely. That's surprising. Absolutely will be on the salary. $12.2 million against the cap. It sounds like uh, Jason Light, the Buccaneers GM, wants to talk with, with Vincent Jackson's agent this week and probably restructure in a way that will have not as many cap implica- implications. Mm. What I'm excited about is Mike Evans, and if they're going to have the two of them together, I like that. That would they be had good them for together last year, and Vincent Jackson wasn't really doing much. And they they talked up Played Mike through Glenn. injuries though. They talked up Mike Glennon today, which to me felt like, hey, we're at the combine, we've got the number one pick. You never know what's going to happen. Let's just talk up Glennon to make people think that there's a chance we're not going to take James. Right. Glenn. They want they want to raise Glennon's price tag, but TD. I wish you weren't a liar. Right. Exactly. They called they called him a franchise quarterback today. Come on, they wouldn't even play him last year. Yeah. That That is I mean, do you think that that's them maybe wanting to to trade out of the pick? Well, uh, all right, I have a I'm not a at big least conspiracy they're, they're happy theory to guy, but I think they cut Josh McCown in part so teams didn't think that they had to give up Glennon. They're both of these things they've done, calling him a franchise no. quarterback and cutting McCown, they haven't painted themselves into a corner. They can tell they can tell teams, look, we don't have to trade Glennon. That's fair, but you still are making the decision of who you want. 
to be on the roster next season, most likely. And they ultimately chose Glennon over McCown. I mean, because they they are going into it knowing, hey, no matter who we take at number one, we have to be ready for Mike Glennon to be a part of this team. I don't think they're just going to keep Glennon on the roster over McCown for what has, fun. What has Lovey Smith's entire tenure taught you about quarterbacks? That he doesn't. That he will make the wrong decision so at every rough. single turn. I guess so. Uh, that's that's the Tampa Bay Bucks. By the way, I I wanted to hear you guys were talking about something before the show, something about your name. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean? that. So the Bucks. <laughs> I guess my what, what I was getting at here is Lovey Smith's. Um, ability to find a quarterback apparently is along the same lines of Colleen's ability to find new friends in Los Angeles. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Accurate. Um, but we'll see. Here's the thing. Like, I'm new here, new around here. But I uh, have one friend out here. Her name is Kristen. So okay. when she's at work, I have to find things to kill time. But you're at work quite a bit. I see you here all the time. Right. I am. Other times. Okay. But I, I need to I have a little bit of ADD. I need to, like, constantly be doing something. And you have a husband that lives in Philadelphia. Totally different story. Yep. Okay. Happily married. He lives in Philly. I'm here. And I have a roommate. So, yeah. Anyway. A lot going on there. A lot going on. So, I decided one day that I was going to go through every NFL roster and pick out my favorite names, the funniest, my favorite names, and then um, pick a winner <laughs> from each team and then decide what the names meant and what their alternate occupation would be. That was the wow. fun that was the fun part, the alternate occupation so- for all of right. the players. Were you sober during any of this? Completely. Wow. Was- Let's have an example or two. Okay. So Julian Vandervelde from the Eagles, pro <laughs> Yodeler. Okay. Okay. I like that. Um, then we have Captain Munderling and AQ Shipley. They both have seafood franchises, rival ones. They are right across the street <laughs> from each other. AQ Shipley kind of came in, tried to uh, break it up, but not doing so hot. You should see the look that our other it's- producer, Z Drizzle, <laughs> is giving you right now. It's either, I don't know what this crazy woman is talking about, or I'm in love. <laughs> it's one of the two. Um, I'm not sure. I'm crazy. All right. Yeah, so, so- some other names. Um, Bakari Rambo, he was a um, best-selling comic strip icon, and mm. uh, he also has an action figure. And Mr. Alexander. I like that one. I can't remember what Mr. Alexander does, but I feel like it's something very polite. And <laughs> How did you know about this, Wes, anyways? She produced I this I list. Wouldn't, I wouldn't think that you would want to advertise this. So, yeah. My, I can't have a birthday party this week because all of my friends are in Indianapolis. Well, not okay. all of them, but so we went to Dan's house for cornhole Ooh. and a few other activities. And Colleen was there and produced this list, and we had many chuckles. I see you brought Jake it with Stone you. Stone Burner well, eats a lot of Doritos. <laughs> That's outstanding. It's on her phone. I'm in trouble now. All right. You can still have a birthday. <laughs> you know, we share a birthday. Chris That's true. I. That's why we get along tomorrow so well. Really? That's true. Both That's of your birthdays? Yeah. I didn't know that. See? Happy early birthday, Thank guys. Thank you. I'm glad. Whoa. Your birthday is tomorrow? I'm glad we got this little. Uh, Greg and my I. birthday's on. Uh, when's my birthday? I should know this. Sunday. This is why wow. we're all we're all on the same wavelength. I kind of feel a little uh, left out here. It's a Z Drizzle. What's your birthday? <laughs> he's no, not he's a, he doesn't not know. I think that's have what he just one. Said. <laughs> he's too taken. He was raised by wolves with Colleen. <laughs> hey, pay attention. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's wrap up uh, a few more items of news, and then we're gonna get the guys on the phone quickly. Sam Bradford. Um, has been a topic on this podcast that the Rams sound like they're definitely bringing him back. But there was a question raised, a report from CBS Sports today that they would welcome trade talks. And it didn't 
or trade, you know, he, he inquiries would, to they him. They would let Sam Bradford shop himself if he wanted. It's a really surprising story. And then general manager Les Snead spoke today and really didn't put any water on that fire. It was a little awkward. He said that, you know, he there's no benefit in deleting Sam Bradford from the roster, but then said, hey, look, if people value him, I can certainly see why they would. Basically, my phone is open if you want to call about Sam Bradford. Wow. I feel like I can't really make a complete evaluation of Sam Bradford because he just the injuries kill him every season. I need to see a little bit more before I crush him. You sound like a front office worker for the St. Louis Rams. I know. That's what I kind of felt they're like they're all going to get I don't fired. Know why that came out. They're all going to get <laughs> fired because of it. They just keep doing this thing again. It, that that is one of the more surprising things to come out of this week. It makes me think they are going to listen and just see what's out there, which makes a lot of sense. Well, I think they're not only keeping him because there are no other options out there, but I think that's a big part of it. General managers don't um, fail to squash stories like that without a purpose. I remember, you know, at the combine a couple of years ago, I, I asked Les Need about Cortland Finnegan, whether he was going to be on the roster. And I remember he, that. he chose not to squash it, and it just made it kind of clear. Steve Smith, Dave Gettleman. Cortland Finnegan was not going to be on the roster because if he's on the roster, it's a guy, one of your best players. You just say it. And it's if, it's if it's your quarterback and he's not on the trade market, you just say it. it just admit it. This is your favorite part of the combine is getting these GMs and coaches to kind of twist in the wind on what their plans well, are. Well, I think, too, did notice Rams, how annoyed I was with all the questions yeah. during the combine. Oh, my. That's all, he was critiquing the combine. Everyone was asking those. Media members. For everyone in Philadelphia is just asking, like, Philadelphia questions, but doesn't matter what coach Which is up I there. I enjoyed. Everyone's saying, like, questions about how come there aren't more special teams coaches as heads coaches. It's like, Wait, how many times up. did you hear 3-4, three, 4-3? Four, four, three? Um, how many oh, times yeah. do you think today? That was That was a lot. But – Back to the Rams. I think that they just really realize how bad the quarterback options are right now, and that there's really nobody in free agency. It's such a such a thin draft that maybe they can get something for him. So they're going to dangle him out there and see what they can get. I mean, there were those reports that some teams would rather have Bradford than Jameis Winston or Mariota, and who knows? Maybe those reports are coming from the Rams. You know, maybe they're trying to create some sort of market. That's usually how these things work. Or Sam Bradford's agent is trying to create some sort of market. Well, I think a lot of people in the NFL think like Colleen does that Sam Bradford hasn't. <laughs> I think so too. That seems right. like an. In- that sounds. It's actually an insult. <laughs> it's not. No, that Sam Bradford hasn't really gotten an opportunity to say whether he's the answer or not the answer definitively definitively and he does have an arm that scouts drool over i'm not gonna lie i was actually excited last year to see sam bradford and to see what he would be able to do on a good team and with a good defense excited for that that sounds like the kind of person who sits around making up lists of (laughs) names there's more to come with that i love the nfl and sam bradford still does not get me to doesn't move the needle (laughs) for me all right another guy with a big arm we'll wrap up the news this part of the news with Zach Mettenberger, the Titans. You watched Tennessee handle some questions on him, Chris, today. What were your thoughts? It was interesting to me because a couple of days ago, the Tennessean came out with an article that didn't say definitively either way, but a lot of people read that and said, oh, the Titans are committed to Mettenberger. And I read the same article and and got that, no, we are basically going to keep tabs on Mariota and Winston, and we'll make a decision later. And their GM said today, look, we're not committed to Zach Mettenberger, which – is no shock to me because I know that Greg Cosell and Mike Mayock love this guy, and I that I it, it makes me scratch my head. I saw nothing great out of him for the Titans. I mean, he wasn't terrible. He was awful. But, no, but I disagree. I think he was better. I think he was at least average for a, a rookie quarterback. Uh, he couldn't move he's the offense, young. which That's is a problem. Thing. 
Well, I don't know. I mean, I was more surprised that they just came out point blank and said that they could not commit to him being a starter going forward. Well, that was something that I wasn't expecting. That, to me, makes a lot of sense. I mean, he was a sixth-round draft pick that showed some flashes. It it would seem bizarre to me that they if they had their options closed at quarterback because of Zach Mettenberger. I mean, if, it would seem totally insane. I know, I know you don't want to blow a number two pick. That's different than the conversation of is Winston or Mariota worth taking? They need so many things, though. If you're committed to Zach Mettenberger, you're watching a different quarterback than I am. I mean, I just I don't see it. Well, let's see what quarterback Mark Sessler is watching because he's at the Combine in Indianapolis, and he's on the phone right now, and he's got all sorts of hot takes on the Titans usually. Oh, listen, I mean, there is no <laughs> end to the Titans' hot takes. Mark, how happy are you to extend your work day here um, with a phone call to the Around the NFL podcast? This is a dream. I'm looking out my hotel window. I'm seeing multiple journalists in packs heading Journos. towards uh, bars, warm bars with food and drink. But I'm up here. Talking to you guys, so I, it doesn't get any better than this. I had to. I have to admit, when I we kind of decided, oh, let's let's try to do this podcast at the last minute. One of the little things in my head saying, eh, maybe it's not a good idea, was just imagining Mark Sessler's reaction when he found out the news in Indianapolis, grumbling about the boss back in Culver City. I can, well, I can hear not, your enthusiasm, Mark. It's great. Listen, that, I don't think that's totally accurate, guys. But we initially, I thought, is it going to be the four of us like in a room passing a cell phone around right. for 45 minutes? This is a much cleaner yes. attempt at this. And, uh, you know, we're three minutes into my segment. No information to defend on well, any level. Though that's what we're looking for in general. By the way, on Friday, Mark, you, Dan, Connor, and Patra, what, the guys I like to call the four horsemen, you guys will have a nice little setup in Indianapolis on a desk and everything, and you'll really kick it around. But for now, let's just hit on uh, what you thought were the biggest takeaways from the press conferences uh, you focused on. And let's start with the Browns, because that was something else today with Mike Pettin, just him taking a lot of tough questions in the middle of February. He did. I thought behind Rex Ryan, that was one of the more, uh, one of the press conferences got more people packed in, and there was some on it. You know, he's sort of, he's got a thing where he's not afraid to kind of speak his mind. He kind of threw the crowd for a loop a little bit when they asked him about, you know, so your GM and this whole texting thing with Ray Farmer, you think he's going to give you a PC answer. He's like, listen, I was annoyed by it. And he basically said that he couldn't even disclose how irritated he was with Farmer when it actually went down. So, you know, it was, we went out in the hallway with him later, and he basically, his whole thing is they, they're a team that is, you know, willing to acknowledge they're starting over at quarterback, that Manziel situation. He went and visited with Manziel. They support him. Like, they're, that's obviously what they're going to say, but they have to go find someone else because, you know, according to Pettin, they just see him as a complete wild card at this point, which they should. Mark, I have to ask you about the Browns and Mike Pettin today because after he went through everything that was falling from the sky onto Cleveland, he was asked what positives he can sort of find and go forward with, and he had a little trouble finding a positive, but he said changes to the offense. Yeah, I think, I think it's been probably as trying a month as you could imagine for a guy that had a team that was seven and four, you lose your final five, and everything that's happened since the season ended has been somewhat an, of a nightmare. And, you know, <laughs> the one thing that he said that kind of I thought was encouraging if you're a Cleveland fan is there's a perception of this team on the outside, but he himself did not buy into it that 
they went on a retreat together, which is maybe something that our <laughs> podcast should do. Yeah. Um, well, you guys we need to do this. You tried to get one last year going. You guys went up to Big Bear. I did not join you. I wouldn't refer to that as a retreat, though. I don't, I I'm not sure it was healthy. No. Well, very little when you, when let's be honest, very little is healthy when <laughs> Wesley and Sessler get together. Well, listen, that's that's fair, and I'm gonna just leave it right there. That's a fair <laughs> accusation the boss just made right there. Uh, Mark Sessler. Uh, by the way, were you Colleen noticed something during the John Harbaugh presser? She thought. And Mark, were you asking um, about what he was giving up for Lent? Did you did you ask him about um, no, his choices? No, I was actually like, furiously typing takeaways like ten feet away, but I did hear that. So no, that um, wasn't. She thought you jumped in and asked whether that included breaded no. breaded chicken. Somebody and I was like, did, that, that was sounds cool. like a funny story, but I don't think that was Mark actually. No, there was a, that was a follow up guy in the crowd because Harb at that point, you know, he was feeling yeah. as though he was dealing with with the reporters. And those guys were throwing softballs back at him, and he was just hitting him out of the park. So, well, Mark, I'm I'm sorry you couldn't be here on this special uh, Colleen Wolf uh, episode of the podcast. She is your spirit animal, though, because she immediately asked when she got in here, <laughs> "Where is the cough button?" And as the only person that ever uses the cough button, you know, I just thought you guys you guys are kind of on the same wavelength. Well, I've been hacking well, we, up a, a lung all day. NFL you know, now, I know it's super attractive. Everybody. Yeah, number one, you, you and Greg, <laughs> like, check that out. you're like L.A., you guys could be on like L.A. local news. Were you on TV for like seven <laughs> hours today? It was wall-to-wall coverage. There was a moment where we were just waiting for Jason Garrett to show up. And a moment? Kinda, it was an eternity. It was like 15, 20 minutes of just spitballing about the Cowboys that I did started to identify with what must happen during the car chases in L.A. when they're just kind of making up things. Well, more it like, was well, a little more like a car struggle. crash. I want to see this. I've not watched a minute of it, but I'm going to, you know, I've no. seen the entire thing in my house, and I'm going to watch the entire seven-hour episode when I get home. All right. It's already been destroyed. We, we release you into the Indianapolis night, Mark. Go have, have fun tonight, and uh, I'll talk to you, and you'll be on the podcast on Friday. I look forward to it. Wait, am I getting out of this? Have I said anything informative? Yeah, we all? just talked about the Browns. I mean, if you have any big-time football newsy things you want to give me right now, I mean, we're always ready for that. No, I'm working I'm working on some sources tonight. Let's talk in the morning. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> all right, uh, we're going to keep uh, the Rolodex going here, and we're going to bring in really one of the leaders of the Around the NFL group, I would say, Kevin Patra. Wow. Well, I would say, you know, there's only six of us, so we're all leaders to some degree. Before we get to that, though, we haven't done this in a while. Okay. We just had Mark on, and I think it's a good time to bring this back. So here he goes. <laughs> they took his team. Viciously <laughs> below average. They stole his innocence. Childlike, but not to suggest innocence or purity. They made a football life about his misery. Control, alt, delete. And opened a factory of sadness that never closed. Now, the climate is ripe for revenge. This winter, there's a hurricane coming for anyone who looks in his direction on a Sunday. It'll be an apocalyptic sunset. <laughs> Mark Sessler is Quiet Storm. This show cannot end fast enough, and I have a sharply worded letter to hand to you, my friend. <laughs> that is the best thing. That is really everyone's heard. finest moment. Dan with an amazing job voicing it, TD producing, and of course, the, the quiet storm, which, the, let's be honest, right now, 
the winter has arrived. They're in Indianapolis. There's a quiet storm going around Indianapolis tonight in the next few nights. Oh, I don't think, I don't think they're prepared for what Mark Sessler has to bring in that city. Like, I don't know if it's very quiet. No, it's quiet. It's a simmer. Oh, it's, it's, simmer. it's, it's silly, but it's quiet. It's simmering. All right. Well, one man who can t- really tell us about all the activities that Mark is up to this week is, is Kevin Patrick coming at you. It's good to have you on the phone. What's going on, Kevin? Hey, fellas. What's up, man? Do you even know Colleen Wolf? I mean, I know you know her on Twitter, but have you ever met Colleen Wolf? She's on the podcast right never, now. I have never once met Colleen Wolf in person. All right. Fact. Well, uh, this is your introduction. It's Chris, it's Colleen, and, and uh, myself uh, talking to you right now. What's up? Pleasure. What's going on? Well, you tell us. You, you had some of the good assignments today in terms of uh, press conferences. Let's start with Gary Kubiak. First of all, you took him number one in the press conference draft last night. Uh, yes. the, the guys were dividing up who gets which press conference. I love this game. This sounds great. Right. Patra had the one pick, and he took Kubiak. That's a little surprising, yes. but there was a lot of news there. There. Well, let's put it, let, let me first explain my pick. First of all, I decided to break up my draft in quadrants. I knew I wanted Martin Mayhew later in the day, so I wanted to pick someone in the early quadrant so that I could space out when, I, when my pressers were taking place so I could be done writing before I got to the next one. So I did not want the mm. first two presses of the day because those were in the first 15 minutes. You know, if you run a little late, you never know. Okay. So I figured 10.30, Gary Kubiak. Well, you're supposed to show up there. there really ready to go around 9 or something. We, well, we were, but you never know. <laughs> you just don't know. Wow. you got to plan ahead. Okay. Well, did Kubiak so. uh, live up to the billing? Did he, did he say anything? Yeah, I mean, as far as he's concerned, everyone's healthy as a as a horse, and uh, everything's great to go. He did say that he talked to Peyton, and he said he thinks Peyton's doing well and getting healthy. He did confirm that Peyton has seen two different uh, doctors, or he didn't specify exactly who he saw in um, New Orleans, and then he he suggested one might be in Florida somewhere in Miami. Hmm. Um, and, but he he sounded optimistic. He was asked about him uh, Peyton in the offense. He said, "There's no doubt. I want Peyton to be the quarterback um, of this of his team." Uh, so, everything from that angle sounded like it was a match made in heaven. And then he went on to talk about Wes Welker, and then yeah, I said Wes Welker is not yeah, back to back to Peyton Manning. <laughs> did did he satisfy any questions you have, Kevin Patra, that Peyton Manning will 100 percent be under center in Week One for the Broncos? Yes, I think so. Wow. Okay. Uh, his his hmm. confidence. His, I, I mean, his confidence coupled with everything we've heard about about Manning last week or so. I, I mean, I don't see how any way around it. Rapshin is still dubious of this entire thing. I heard him on our air today. I am too. Make I'm, the point. This was an interesting point that when Peyton Manning was a free agent in 2012, one of the people with the Texans who did not want Peyton Manning was Gary Kubiak, who woo! preferred that, Matt Schaub. So who will their starting quarterback be then? Well, you're not going with Brock, well, are you? Patrick's convinced that it's Manning. I, I think it will be, too. Greg's dubious. Rapsheet is dubious. Well, I, I, I think that it would be the craziest thing ever, but what if Jay Cutler is the starting quarterback of the Broncos wow. and Peyton Manning's in Chicago? I, I know. If, if The thing is, though, every day that they keep piling up these quotes, it just it does make it seem like, wow, if Peyton Manning really does leave and, and they don't want him, like, what a ridiculous sideshow this has all been. Yeah, and – Go ahead, Kevin. Sorry. One comment that I was going to make. When I saw your tweet, Wes, about what Rapshi reported, it, his no doubt I want him comment almost made more sense in the context of that, like trying to almost in, 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 before that, you know, 
deny that he didn't want him before, and now he definitely does. Mm. That's that's the context I took it at. So you see it, maybe they're trying to sell Manning a little. I still think if they try to ask him to take a pay cut, he's gone. And and no one's really explained to me why they can't just say right now it's over with. He's the quarterback. Like okay, they keep saying these things that make it sound like he's the quarterback, but not for sure. Uh, let's let's move on though to talk about your team, the Lions, quickly. Any takeaways on Martin Mayhew's conversation about Indomitian Sue? I mean, it's the same thing we've been hearing regurgitated in different forms for the past months. Actually, he said almost something similar a year ago that he's very optimistic that he would get it done, is what his words today. Hmm. Um, I'll believe it when I see it. I definitely don't think they are going to get it done before free agency starts. He left the door open for the tag. I think that that's A, ludicrous, and B, I think he's talking through his teeth there. Uh, I don't see that happening before March 2nd. I'm just as skeptical as Patrick is. And I think it's interesting that Sue's camp hasn't said anything this whole time, mm. and everything the Lions say is ridiculously optimistic. Maybe you're right. Maybe I've been falling for it the last month because I kind of left the season figuring, oh, Sue's gone. Well, and then everything coming out of Detroit, including the team's website, which always makes me think there's something to it, has been really optimistic that he would be back. Do we really believe in a $27 million franchise tag? I, I can't see them doing that. No. And Sue has all, like, 100% of the leverage here. Well, One thing that I would say with the franchise tag, I almost think the reason we haven't heard from Sue's camp is they're daring him to tag him. Because I'll, I'll pay for, play for $27 million. We'll come right back here next year. We'll do the same dance. Right. You would play for a lot less year. than that, Kevin Patrick. <laughs> yeah, and well, I think... I mean, I'm speaking as Sue. By the way, I'm showing your headshot right um, now to Colleen. I'm looking at your headshot. And the last, the last sentence in your in your profile, I don't know if you know this, Kevin. It says, "I do." It says he is more handsome than he appears. Kevin, did you write that? I did not. That was an Andy Fennelin special. Do for you, all you know Andy? Do Fennell. you think? Do you think he's more handsome than he appears? Why are well, you putting you, me on the spot like well, this? I'm Gregory just saying. I'm just curious. You know. Do you think he's Playing handsome? Dan, Dan would be well. happy. Dan, Dan, <laughs> Dan's a big fan. Where's Dan when you need him? <laughs> all right, Kevin. Uh, you guys will do your show on Friday, so look forward to hearing what you say then. Until then, uh, have some fun at your first uh, combine experience. Appreciate it. And right. good to meet you, Colleen. See you, handsome. We're trying to bring people together here. <laughs> Colleen needs friends. Patra, you know, he lives in Chicago, so I guess that's, that doesn't work. Doesn't no. really Still looking work Looking for out. Lady Westling. You know. Yeah, that's true. We got lady Westling. Maybe Colleen, you know, that's that no you lady. can help that's my in this wife. department. We we did my, kind of do a shout out to everyone. My roommate is going to kill me because I'm constantly like, well, my roommate's single. Well, all right. <laughs> Kristen's single. All right. I like that. I like that kind of party. All right. Let's call up uh, Connor Orr, the third horseman here on the phone today. Connor Orr, how's it going? What's happening? No uh, ghosts in the background today. You, you're out of the haunted mansion. I know, man. The Westin is is great, and it's not haunted. It's fantastic. How is Indianapolis right now? By the way, I got to admit, I am kind of happy not to relive what our uh, what our friend Henry Hodgson uh, calls Groundhog Day, which is the combine every year. It just feels like the exact same thing every year. I'm kind of kind of like being in LA <laughs> this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's negative seven with the wind chill. What? Um, yeah, uh, I, I'm handling it a lot better than your uh, than your soft California cronies. <laughs> but uh, I feel like uh, you know, but it's it's great, man. I mean, this is I think like the tenth time I've come here. Not yeah. not like combine and other games included. So I have like all I have the city all laid out. Like I know where I like to go eat, mm. where I like to go, you know, do all that kind of stuff. So 
I always like it here. You are a guy that over prepares, which I like. You know, as, a boss. as opposed to wrestling. He's <laughs> just playing with his pen right now. <laughs> All right, Cotter, tell us a little bit about your uh, your John Fox press conference thoughts. You were covering the Bears today, and they didn't exactly give a lot of warm and fuzzies about Jay Cutler. No, I mean he had the chance, and Ryan Pace had. They both had the chance to say that Jay Cutler was going to be their starter heading into the season. Uh, you know, uh, Jay Gruden did the same thing with, with RG3 today, but, um, you know, Fox and Pace took a different route. I mean, they said that everything is still under evaluation. And, you know, at first Fox didn't even want to admit that he had a sit-down with Cutler, which I thought was weird. Uh, you know, wow, that it was, is weird. It was a different vibe. Goofy. He really had to be pressed on it to, to admit he's like, yeah, you know, I meet with a lot of players. And then he finally had to admit that he met with Cutler. So, I can't imagine it's a warm and fuzzy situation going on right now. I thought the other thing I noticed was uh, their take on Brandon Marshall with Mm. his Showtime show and sort of people were asking whether or not they were questioning where his focus was. And they didn't really brush anything aside about it. They said that they're kind of still evaluating things, but they weren't really high on him. Yeah, I mean, John kind of gave some sort of generality about how he wants everybody's heart to be in it, or he wants them with everybody's head to be in it. But you can tell, I mean, it's it's basically his way of saying that, yeah, this stuff's got to stop if you're going to be making that much money and you're going to be playing for this team because mm. it, it ticks off the rest of the guys that you're going to be, you know, be able to fly out of here every Tuesday when everybody else is coming in, still coming in, lifting, watching film on their own time. I mean, that's what you should be doing. And, you know, he's uh, I think he's making that clear to Marshall right now. Greg's biggest takeaway was the RG3 news. My biggest takeaway was Jay Cutler. And the contrast between how John Fox talked about Josh McCown, he's the kind of guy you want on your football team. And the fact that after a month of looking at film and after meeting Jay Cutler, he and Pace both said, we have three more weeks to make up our mind on what we're going to do here. Yeah, but they keep saying, oh, yeah, we got to watch more film. I mean, that's what they've been doing. So I hate when they, they're always like, well, oh, we haven't finished our evaluation. They, they've been evaluating Jay Cutler. Pa- since Pace also there. said there's no doubt about his physical talent whatsoever. We have to get to know Jay Cutler the person, which is no surprise that you'd want to get to know Jay Cutler the person. But it's weird because Jay Cutler, unlike RG3, is owed a ton of of guaranteed money over the next two years. This is a guy that's getting paid $31.5 million by the Chicago Bears unless they find a trade partner for him. So I don't know when they talk about the middle of March, we got to make a decision by then exactly what they're talking about. I guess they're talking about whether they want to put him on the trade market or not because you're talking about, oh, we haven't decided about him. Well, the contract says you have decided. They didn't give out that contract, but that's a ton of guaranteed money to a guy. They, they don't really have many options. It's like when you're a kid and you're sick and your parents are forcing you to take this medicine. You don't want to take it. Mm. The Bears are forced to take their Jay Cutler medicine, but they're just like they've got their arms folded. They're stamping their feet. They don't want to take this Jay Cutler medicine right now. And how frustrated must they be considering that they do see the talent. They said it today. But the other thing that they see is Jay Cutler sitting on the sidelines, slumped over, (laughs) not looking at playbooks, not talking to players or coaches. He just looks so disinterested. Like he's completely somewhere else during the games. Well, I think they're running the risk of of losing him completely. I mean, you know, because they see – they saw how disinterested he was in a system that was, you know, coaches that were hired to make him better, you know, and, and now these, these new guys are coming in and, and kind of just 
you know, uh, turning their backs on him a little bit. And, and I got to believe that if they do need to lean on Jay for any significant time this year, that he's probably going to be pretty disinterested in, in helping them out. Like, I, I just think I don't blame them. I don't think it's a bad strategy, but I think it's an interesting strategy. when you it's take surprising. I'm really well, the, look, at, look at the history with this guy. If you don't yeah. come in and embrace him, he's checking out. Look well, at what he did with Josh totally. McDaniels. Yeah, but he's gotten yeah. a lot of guys fired that have tried to help him. And so maybe they're looking at it like we don't want to be those next guys that get fired because of him. And they're already thinking he's football poison. How do we get out of this? Do you do you think, Connor, Jay Cutler's going to be a member of the Bears this season? That's an interesting question. The only thing that makes me think that he wouldn't, um, like I was listening to what Les Snead was saying today about quarterbacks, and Mm. he said something, he made a joke about how, you know, uh, somebody said there aren't that many stones to overturn out there, and he said there are, but when you you turn over the stones, there's nothing to see. And, like, I think what he means is, I mean, there's just no talent out there, and I think that another team might really be desperate enough to do this, you know, mm. and uh, and bring him in for, for, for a spark just because the market is, is what it is. It's terrible. Right. I think the Bears would, just listening to them, and McCown's the type of guy you want, I think they would certainly give up Cutler for nothing just for the right to give to get rid of him, like a seventh-round pick, just, here, you take the salary, kind of like an NBA thing. Uh, it is Now I'm kind of coming out of this combine with a little bit of theme here that there are three veteran big-time paid quarterbacks that are likely to stay with their teams, but I'm, I'm leaving the middle of February not totally sure. That's Sam Bradford, Jay Cutler, and Peyton Manning. That I don't know. Maybe there'll be some moving parts the next few weeks that would make our lives a lot more fun. I'd love to see. I, mean, I would love to see Sam Bradford in a different place. Yeah, maybe trade him to Chicago for Jay Cutler. There, I just solved it all. Uh, Connor, <laughs> we got to get to Dan Hansis so you guys can get out on the town and we can get out of here. Uh, we'll hear from you on Friday. Thanks, uh, thanks for all you do. Thank you, guys. I'll uh, I'll talk to you then. See you, Connor. All right, and uh, we wrap up the show here. You got to go with the best, the biggest guest possible. Clean up here to finish the show. <laughs> And that's the host. We miss him here, Dan Hansis. But, you know, we're trying to do our best without you, and we recruited some major talent here to join Chris Wessling. Colleen Wolf is on with you. Dan Hansis, what's going on? Hey, <laughs> what is happening? He's got the intro song. He's got it all. That's, I like that. That is because I, you know, usually am, you know, setting people up. That will be my catchphrase when people's, you know, Mia, hey, what is happening? <laughs> well, we need a nickname for you, but, you know, we, we got Get Your Day in Hansis. I mean... D-Money is not working. I we thought we were going with, with the old Zeuser. The, the old, or what, what well, did Sessler say? Um, D-Sixpence? <laughs> D-Sixpence. <laughs> yeah, that's another option. Actually, Lindsay Rhodes said that next time she comes on the podcast, she will have a nickname ready for me, so that's a lot okay. of pressure on Linz, as I like to call her. <laughs> you guys I'm are tight. I'm very Colleen is uh, there. I'm a big Colleen Wolf fan. The feeling is mutual, Dan. Yeah, this is very exciting. Well, Dan, I know you guys, uh, it's it's almost time to get out there, get some food, get some drinks, whatever you're going to do, get back to work tomorrow. It's a long it's a long time there in Indianapolis. It's, it's your first scouting combine experience. Let's start with that, actually. What, what do you make of the whole sort of setup there and, and what the whole event is like? I guess like everything else in life, it's... <laughs> You always imagine things to be bigger uh, when you picture it. Like when you guys were going and I was manning the shop in Culver City, 
I imagined you guys being in this vast ballroom where there were different setups all over the place nah. and multiple coaches talking at once. But instead, there's you know one setup where all the major NFL figures are talking from, and I'm essentially sitting right next to uh, the riser, so I could I could really do my job from sitting there. But I like to. You know, I like to get in the mix there and ask questions, so uh, that's been fun uh, being involved in these press conferences Wes is making of, uh, a face. watching them from my monitor. Yeah, that's not what the footage showed. Every picture we saw coming out of the Combine today was Mark Sessler double-fisted with a phone and a recorder. Dan wow. laid you know, back in his chair with his arms behind his be, head. In a recliner. It's starting to be a little suspicious, though, with Mark and the some of the, some of the posturing with the oh, camera. Wait, are you saying this is staged? I'm, you know, Mark's a, obviously a very hard worker. Well, I don't even... You should know that Mark has subtly, subtly pulled a power play here and is really taking to this number two in charge move. Wow, uh, this is news. I love he it. Actually, he actually threatened, uh, threatened the group last night for everyone to be on time. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. It seems just as, just as I miss a couple of uh, shows in a row and Greg is all of a sudden hosting multiple podcasts, well, what else are we gonna do? So, uh, Dan, Mark let me get this straight. The same thing. It's like a big chain reaction of uh, power play. So, Dan, you were underwhelmed so far with the combine, and you're not happy at all. I, 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 I am. I am sad. This somehow. is an ugly underbelly that I don't know if the <laughs> listeners need to hear about uh, I from love Mark it. and Dan. I, I love. They're like the two. You know, they're the two amigos. <laughs> Frickin' frack. Like something. All right, let's I don't think I don't think you. I love Mark to death, but uh, see, I saw that shot that uh, some some journo took that happened to have Mark and me right in the forefront, <laughs> and it did seem a little bit, a little bit like Mark was you know putting it on a little bit, a little bit. Multiple what? electronic pro, uh, you know uh, products pointed at the uh, at the NFL figure. Come on. I can't wait to see I, what the pictures I, the, are tomorrow. The whole number two thing and the threat is I what like really that. caught it's my here. This is interesting. <laughs> yeah. This is a new yeah. mark. But I am in just, just to make things clear, Colleen, I am I am really enjoying the the combine so far. I do like Indianapolis. It's too cold here. But uh, it was it was fun, and I'm looking forward to it again tomorrow. Well, let's ra- wrap things up with a little talk about your Jets and just seeing the differences in this Jets regime. And they went back-to-back back today, Todd Bowles and Mike McAgnon. Um, who does look a lot like Murray from Flight of the Concords? Still does, and uh, and bit. then you also saw a little bit of Rex Ryan in his Bills, you know, outfit here. What what do you make of that whole bit today? Well, you know, Rex Rex is funny. By the way, if, uh, if speaking of HBO shows, if you say Flight of the Concords from McCagnan. Uh, Bowles kind of looks like Bunny from The Wire, Bunny Colton. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. I can yeah. see it. A younger, well, yeah, a little younger and shape. Yeah, I could see that. I like that. But Bunny, you know, who Rex doesn't like Bunny? Down, we had our first. I don't know if this came over with any other calls, but last night at um, a local brewery, we, brewery, we had our first draft of the combine. Um, yes. You know, participants, uh, where we each took turns uh, making picks about who we wanted to essentially cover today. And uh, I made sure, even though I had to trade up to make it happen, I made sure to get Rex Ryan because I was, you know, I'm always looking forward to getting close up to Rex, and he didn't disappoint. He started off with a rambly anecdote about the Buffalo Bisons minor league team, and you know, it was I, I wrote about it on the site that it was kind of like a stand-up uh, comedian who's testing out new material, and <laughs> you know, it might not work, but he's just kind of riffing, shooting from the hip, and it seeing didn't if work. Connects. It didn't work. 
no, it didn't work. It was very, it was very odd, but still, it was charming in its own Rex way. Uh, so he did his thing, and then a couple hours later, you get the the new brain trust, the new Jets brain trust, which is kind of it's fascinating because I, you know, I was talking to several of the Jets beat writers, um, uh, Rich Samini of ESPN, who who's been covering the Jets for twenty years, Dom Constantino, who used to write for Deadspin, but now covers the Jets for NJ.com, and they. You know, they they said the same thing that I picked up on, which is like this is a different show now. It's a different world hmm. because both Bowles and McCagnan really are tight lipped. They don't they don't say anything. They don't have to say. Um, it, it didn't seem to me like it was too much to the point where it was like one of those situations where a team starts to just get paranoid. Uh, it just seemed more like these guys aren't interested in making headlines. And while it's it's going to make for more boring uh, copy and less headlines, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I think the Jets kind of needed to slow down pace a little bit after the wreck circus went mm. on and on. So, but that was striking to me how how reserved both men were after you know the Rex party. We got no news from them. I mean, I, I want to know if the, you know they have cap room. I want to know if Percy Harvin's going to be on the th- like. Do you think Percy Harvin is going to be on this team? I don't think so. I, I feel like that's. But they have the room for him, so I kind of think, like, why not? Like, they have Eric Decker and Harvin and Curley. It's like, why not have him if you can can afford him, which they can? I know, and I I did specifically, I I asked both of them about it, and nobody was was saying anything, but I don't know. I mean, what... Would you rather have Percy Harvin or Randall Cobb? You know what I mean? Like, what... I Mm. want to have a guy that I I can trust that's going to be on the field and if it if he wasn't worth so much money, you know that I would I would definitely keep him around. But geez, that's superstar wide receiver money for a guy that's really had one good season. What about Jeremy Macklin there with the um, Todd Bowles connect from Philly? Mm. Yeah, I I like that. I got spooked a little bit by Wes on the podcast last week. Who, you know, I trust the West as a uh, a scientist <laughs> and a mailman who sits at a stool with his beer and dispenses info. And Wes was saying how he believes that Macklin is maybe a bit of a system receiver and he thrives in, in Philly. And I could almost imagine them, the Jets overpaying for Macklin and then him reverting to, you know, you know, 68 catches for 914 yards and four touchdowns, which is not what they need. They need a true uh, one or one A type guy to ride with Decker. So hmm. I don't know. Macklin is maybe, uh, Wes, you scared me off Macklin. Part of it is I don't trust him to stay healthy, and he's only had the one 1,000-yard season last year playing Deshaun Jackson's spot in Chip Kelly's offense. He never had 1,000-yard seasons before that because he was always banged up and he wasn't playing at 100%, and that affected his production. I don't see him as a durable wide receiver. Mm. If they, and, Greg, to answer, if they did let uh, Harvin walk and they invested that money elsewhere, hopefully, by the way, they get this Wilkerson done, deal done. They're still not talking with any urgency today about getting that done, but uh, you know, this is supposed to be not as good as last year, but it's supposed to be another good wide receiver class. If, if they decide they don't want to invest in a quarterback this year, that Amari Cooper kid sounds like somebody that would be a nice spot at number six. And McCagna did say, because we got him in the hallway afterwards, that he, he made it clear that they were open to uh, moving up via trade if they fall in love with somebody. Mm-hmm. So being at number six, he explained, is a great place to be because you're not too far from the top of the draft and you're right in that sweet spot where a team might get desperate and call you. So I could see the Jets maybe moving around. Well, that is the skinny from 
Indianapolis. What a what an in, weird show here today. I like that we had a cast cast weird. of thousands. Well, not weird. I'm just saying we had each of the guys on one by one. It was interesting. This was, the show almost didn't exist, but we just thought I would give I'm the people more podcasts. It could, it could very possibly be a Frankenstein monster. No, it'll be great. It was great. More like a carnival atmosphere. How could anything with Colleen Wolf prominently featured be a bad thing? Dan, I have one last question for you. Who was taken last in the draft last night? Mm. Who was the last draft pick? That is a great question. Mr. Irrelevant. I would assume, I don't have the paperwork in front of me, but I would assume it was um, Jason Licht. Okay. (laughs) Light? Light. I would say, by the way, the the least charismatic and... uh, Rustin Webster had to be in the mix. Webster is right up there. Tin roof. Uh, but Dennis Rusted. Hickey, uh, the hickster. Oh, Dennis Hickey. Oh, I probably. heard a lot of that on Twitter, that Dennis Hickey was the most boring guy all day. Yeah, he's he, he also He fell later listener. in the day, so I think people were starting to get a little burned out. But when he was at the podium, there, it was just, the place wasn't jumping, put it that way. Dolphins beat writer said it was his most electric performance to date. <laughs> wow. Well, the place is uh, always jumping when Dan Hansis is on the line. We're going to say goodbye to you and just say goodbye well to, the, to the listeners all in one fell swoop. For Dan Hansis, Kevin Patrick, Connor Orr, and Mark Sessler in Indianapolis, we've got Colleen Wolf and Chris Wesseling in L.A. We will see you back on Friday for another show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come.